You're listening to a Metro podcast. What up? And welcome to Scrub League. I am your host, Colin McNeil. To my right is the guy I've previously described as our own Chris G lookalike, my favorite additional pylon, born to play Hanzo from Overwatch, <laughs> Kevin Hamilton. Howdy. To my left is the woman who's been our MOBA master, our Riot Games attack dog, maybe. The girl who runs completely on Red Bull, Samantha Eamon. Hey, guys. Big show today, guys. Big, big show. We are talking about the cloud of controversy hanging over the Smash Bros. 4 tournament at Genesis last weekend, the awesome lineup which was just announced for Evo, Kevin and Sam getting bodied by some pros and hots, taunting being banned from Killer Instinct World Cup, or maybe it wasn't, I don't really know. Plus, we'll be chatting with uh, Chai Rithi, one of the best and brightest fighting game players in Canada. And as if all of that wasn't enough, after the break, I'll be announcing something that's going to affect the future of this podcast. It's big news coming up next on Script League. All right, guys, before we get into um, all the cool Evo stuff and uh, we give Chai Rithi a call, I do have an announcement I need to make. What is it, Colin? Um, I'm very curious to hear. Yeah, Colin. So I will no longer be a part of this podcast um, as of after this episode. It is uh, some big news. I've accepted employment at uh, The Score. Um, anybody out there listening to this, probably you guys are familiar with their eSport coverage. They're a digital media company that does an app. Um, and so I'll be, I've accepted a position there as a supervising esports editor. And unfortunately, that means that I can no longer continue with this podcast. Um, as you may or may not know, um, probably the latter, Kevin, Sam, and I work for a Canadian media organization called Metro News, and they host this podcast, they fund this podcast, and they're the reason we can we can do this stuff. Um, and since I'll be leaving that company, uh, I'll be leaving the podcast as well. As for the future of that podcast, that is still up in the air. Uh, Sam and Kevin, it's totally in your court. Uh, I, I get the feeling you haven't made a decision about it yet. Yeah, we're kind of just taking some time to think about, you know, the big hole that's going to be left in our little trio here. Yeah, I mean, we're going to... The gonna, loss. We're going to eulogize you a little bit later on the program, but uh, you, you these are some big shoes to fill. Yeah, um, like uh, like Kevin just alluded to, I, I'd like to, uh, if you stick around to the end of the podcast, which I hope you do, I'd really like to just uh, quickly tell you guys how Scrub League started, how far we've come. This is our 39th episode, and if you count the pilot that we did which is unaired we've done these this 40 times that's amazing um but i will save that uh for the end of the show but right now on the show we're going to be talking to chai rithi like i said the before the break one of the biggest and best canadian fgc members how you doing very good and yourself Really good. Thank you so much for making time for Scrub League. Um, it's going to be a pleasure to talk to you, not only because you are uh, a great FGC character, but you're Canadian, and this podcast is Canadian. <laughs> for sure. Very good. <laughs> Got that Canuck pride. Now, what I really wanted to ask you about is, as of this recording, 24 hours-ish ago, 
we got the official Evo 2017 lineup, and I wanted to get your take on that. Um, I think it's pretty good. Like usually, a big tournament, you want to represent every community. So for this list, I think every community is represented. So we have like the Street Fighter community, like the Capcom titles. Then we have anime games, and then we have the uh, NetherRealm Studio games, like Injustice 2. So I think they did a pretty good job overall. For Sam and Kevin, who aren't as much into the FGC as I am, and for any listeners who don't have it in front of them right now, the games announced were Street Fighter Five, Tekken 7, Guilty Gear, Injustice 2, right. that's the new one, Smash Bros. Melee, Smash Bros. for Wii U, Blaze Blue Central Fiction, and King of Fighters 14. Ooh. Right. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> there it is. I, I, God bless King of Fighters. I always forget about it. So, so Chai, you, you, you figure that this does a great job of sort of fulfilling any FGC fans' needs. Yep. Uh, yeah. Every community is rep- represented. Um, I mean, King of Fighters were, was always in the evil tradition, so I'm happy to see that over there. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good lineup. I, I find. I agree with you. Now, the really interesting lineup, part of the lineup, is the number nine spot, which, as you guys know, is actually a fan vote. Fans use money uh, that they donate to charity to vote for their favorite game, and the game that earns the most most money wins. Um, And that lineup is stacked, Chai. I don't know if you've taken a look at that, but we got Mortal Kombat, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Skullgirls, Pokken, Killer Instinct, Street Fighter 2, Arms, Windjammers, and Nidhogg. Yeah, it's a pretty beefy list. <laughs> what out of those are you voting for? I want to know where Chai Rithi's bank account is going. Um, personally, I like to have Street Fighter 2 just because it's the one that started it all. I mean, it's a fan favorite for decades, and it's been at Evil uh, multiple times, so it'd be great to see that title back. But even then, if it's not chosen, uh, Evil it's known for having a lot of side tournaments. Like you can bring your own console, you can bring your own uh, uh, machine, and then there'll be a lot of tournament organizers that are more than willing to run any game that you want. So I think that's, that's one of the parts that a lot of people don't know about Evil is that it's a, at the core, it's a community-run event. And... You can do a lot of stuff uh, over there, for sure. That's a great point, actually. Um, I love this fan vote thing. I don't know how you feel about it, Chai, but like it just it gets me so excited because I was like, okay, what? I have to choose between Marvel versus Capcom 3 and Killer Instinct? I don't know where to put my money. Yeah, I'm really glad to see uh, some of the games on this list. Like, Skullgirl is obviously a, a big one. Uh, Nidhogg, which a lot of people wouldn't think of as a fighting game, but totally when you look at sort of the mechanics and how it plays out, you know, definitely I think deserves to be here. Um, would you say that, Colin, you're shaking your head, you don't no, feel it? No, no, no. No? All right, well, uh, Chai, are you familiar with, uh, with Nidhogg? Uh, yeah, I've played it before. It's a it's a very fun game and very simple. And it could be pretty hype, you know? <laughs> yeah, it could be pretty hype, acceptably hype. Uh, are there any games that you think deserve to be on this list that aren't? Like maybe Persona 4 Arena or something? <laughs> Vampire Savior. Vampire Savior. Um, I think it's a, it's a fair list. Um, I have no titles in mind. I'd love to see uh, Street Fighter 2 first. Like, that's my favorite game. But I mean, I already have a lot of Street Fighters anyway, so it's just time to move on. But yes, I'm yes. sure there's a, there's a side tournament going on anyway, so just look out for it. 
Street Fighter 3, I agree with you, sir. And in fact, I'd rather see Street Fighter 3 than Street Fighter 2 because we've got this new uh, Street Fighter 2 on the Switch and you know that's going to see some tournament play at least for the first year, right? Like, can, For sure. So, you know, let's get that third strike going. <laughs> yeah. Now, another thing we want to talk to you about is uh, speaking of Killer Instinct, which might be the game that gets my money, um, there's been this thing the last couple of days that's kind of exploded where the Killer Instinct World Cup banned uh, what's called teabagging. Have you heard about this? Oh, yes. Uh, I've heard plenty of it. <laughs> I've been victim, actually, of it as well. So. <laughs> so that brings me to my next question. What is your position on so-called teabagging, taunting in between rounds? I feel like it's pretty ridiculous. Um, teabagging has been going on since before the term actually existed. So you would, you would see like a lot of players just, you know, moving, moving down like a lot, you know, just give a little message. And there's taunts that are available in many fighting games. And for sure, you don't see them a lot, but it's there as an option. I don't see that option being banned anywhere. So if it's a way to uh, have an advantage over your opponent, then might as well use it. Like, Let's say the when you see US, USC fight, uh, when you see the wet weight checking or whatever, they they talk. They don't. A lot of people uh, watch that to see if there's any trauma between competitors, and people love that. People use the trash talk to have an edge over the other opponent. So I feel like it's pretty ridiculous, and it should be uh, acceptable to do whatever you want. And it's not like, like it's a game-breaking uh, glitch or anything like that. It's just, you know, as a competitor, you need to accept uh, any kind of pressure that is going over to you and overcome it, and that's it. Totally. I mean, I I got to agree with you. And really quickly, before we, we go on to the next development in that story, I reached out to a couple um, KI players and some FGC guys on Twitter uh, as well. And it seems like, Chai, most people agree with you. I know uh, Sleep, who's you know one of the best Killer Instinct players in the world, said, quote, I think banning it is petty. I don't agree with it. Um, uh, let's see, Chris, uh, Chris G, Christopher Gonzalez uh, said, it's stupid, they might as well ban ultra combos since that's disrespectful too. Um, yeah. You know, it, and I got, I got this response over and over again. Now, the weird development in the story, guys, is that apparently it was all a troll? Did you see this Yahoo Esports story, Chai, where, they, where the Killer Instinct World Cup organizer came out and was like, yeah, guess what? It's, it was banned last year, but we're not, we didn't enforce it, and we won't enforce it this year. Okay, yeah. I mean, I didn't hear anything about it, but if it's a show, then it puts a really bad image on the Killer Instinct community overall, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you there, because my, my take on this is... Yeah, sure. Maybe don't ban teabagging. And, you know, for the company to come out and say that it was a troll just kind of reeks of a lack of control Doesn't on their part. Doesn't make any sense. It, it's a lack of, like, um, responsibility, too. Like, they can't just own the fact that they may have screwed up somewhere or weren't enforcing something or um, maybe put a ban out there that wasn't there or whatever. It, this just to me, the company saying, oh, it was a troll. We're going to blame this on our community. Uh, I'm a little bit iffy on that. For sure. And, and as well, like the other thing is, okay, so 
This all stemmed from an incident where I didn't actually see the Facebook post, so maybe I should use alleged, but an incident where one player threatened another in a in a KI community post saying, you know, if you um, I don't have the quote in front of me, but if you if you teabag me, you know, I'll uh, they threaten violence, right? Um, what do you think should be the response when one player threatens violence uh, uh, against another, Chai? Um, I mean, it's, you should just uh, overcome it. I mean, it's like sometimes the committee hasn't been clean, uh, but they, like, you should just like overcome, uh, overcome it because it's part of the game, you know, it's, it's if it's like, uh, turning off pressure, then you should just overcome it and like beat them uh, in game. Now, like, basically, just keep everything in game, you know. Yeah. So, but are you saying, are you saying that if someone threatens violence to someone else, you're not saying that that other person should should just get over it? Are you or? Uh, no. I mean, if it's like actual violence, then you should like try to, I don't know, maybe contact help or something because it's. I mean, it's pretty immature to violence in a video game right it's like immature and it's scary as well and and this tournament like most major tournaments any tournament has a no a zero tolerance violent uh, a zero tolerance policy in regards to violence and violence violent threats so uh, my question i guess is just as a tournament organizer how what is the best way from your perspective as a professional player to handle something like this i mean if there's like any actual threats might as well like just stop the match and see uh, what goes on between competitors and, you know, keep it in a clean state and try to keep every drama, every, uh, you know, everything inside the game and, you know, take it over in the game, basically. Agreed. But if it leaves the game, which in this case it did, what should they do? I'm kind of looking for, do they need to ban that player? Do they need to kick him or her out of the tournament? Might as well ban the player because you don't want to see that kind of behavior again, right? So it, it just puts like a bad image on our community anyway. So agreed. You, that's it. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think there's varying levels to everything. Like with trash talk, you were right. In UFC and things like that, trash talk is expected. It's part, almost part of the match uh, leading up to it. Teabagging, I think, is just an issue with immaturity. Um, I think it makes the community l- like look bad in an immature way, but is it consequential necessarily? No. But threats of violence, I think if you take it outside of the game, like any other sporting event, if two players start fighting, they're punished somehow. Whether that's a penalty, whether they're kicked out of the game, whether they're fined. suspended, fined, whatever. There needs to be real-world consequences for real-world actions. I yeah. agree with your second point, but man, teabagging, I hate that term, by the way. It's, I just want to keep going <laughs> taunt. I hate, it's so stupid. That should stay. Like, uh, as much as uh, uh, controversy and what Chai was describing in the UFC is part of that world. It is part of the FGC. It is part of the hype. You know, people need to get heated. There needs to be fun. Is there there like does personality. There does know? need to be a little bit of salt. Okay, no violence, just a little bit of salt. A little bit of salt. Yeah, yeah. just a bit of salt for sure. <laughs> this is just my personal perspective, though. Like, I think the action of teabagging is pretty immature. But am I saying that the league should? Um, put their hand in it and ban it? No. I, I just personally think that teabagging is kind of immature. It's not the kind of trash talking that I would do. I trash talk people in hots all the time. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think there's a, uh, there's a difference between teabagging and trash talking. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, certainly. It's like some people would argue that like teabagging specifically has like a weird kind of like sexual connotation to it and they are uncomfortable with that. I mean, obviously like taunting. Kevin and- went there. 
different type. Well, I mean, the name comes from somewhere. <laughs> uh, the, obviously, like, the sort of taunting is, is kind of gauche, but it's like people will find a way to do something for to put BM into their play, right? Like, Sam, you know, you, you play Here's of the Storm, and people B-step, right, where they... they you know, do the the Hearthstone thing, and they shimmy around. Yeah, there's gonna be they're gonna find some way of doing it. Oh, absolutely. Teabagging, yes, no, whatever it's gonna be. Agreed. Um, Chai Rithi, uh, we really enjoy getting your thoughts on these issues. Thanks so much for making time for us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Okay, guys. Well, I don't think this, this is the last we're gonna be hearing about the teabagging issue. But super hype for the Evo lineup, well, guys. One last thing. Where's your money going? I want to know both of you. Where are you voting for? Uh, okay. Uh, as much as I love Street Fighter 2 and I have a lot of respect for um, what Skullgirls has been able to make happen, uh, I would love to see Nidhogg. I, I would love to see that in like a professional capacity. Oh just to see what that would end up looking like because we have no idea. All the other games on the list pretty much like have been played competitively in, in some format. A couple I'm not super familiar with, so that might not be Sure. I true, can't remember, but, but was there a, another Smash Bros. on that list? Because I... There wasn't. I just always want all Smash Bros. all the time. Two, there you go. Two, give, me, give, me a, give me an original Smash Bros. on N64. That's what I want. Honestly, two Smash Bros. is is quite enough. It's Just like two anime games is quite enough. Oh, like they're all the same. I'm not saying they're all the same, but like, you know, as Chai Rithi, our, our guest, just pointed out, it's nice to have everyone represented. Hey, listen, I don't want two Street Fighter games on there. I actually don't. I just want Street Fighter V. And I'm actually surprised Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is not already on that list. Well, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is actually a very old game, and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite was announced just recently coming out at the end of the year. So what... Uh, They're kind the, of in like a holding pattern, I imagine. Yeah, and actually, this is how Marvel MVC3, uh, if I'm not mistaken, made it, into the, made it into the last Evo. That community is really strong and uh, really interesting. Uh, I see, I've seen a lot of rallying cries on Twitter being like, yo, this is the last year for MVC3. This is it, It's going to be Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite next year, right? So like one last time. Let's do it. By the way, I checked the stats before the numbers before we went into the podcast to you. Marvel vs. Capcom is ahead by thousands. Whoa. Thousands of dollars. Community is strong. And speaking of strong communities, Smash is hella strong hella strong hella strong but they were shaking a little bit last weekend guys Genesis 4 there were some some shenanigans some shenanigans going on in Super Smash Bros. 4 for the Wii U coming up next on Scrub League Welcome back to Scrub League, guys, where it's all fighting games all the time. Yep, sorry, Sam. As long as I'm here, which is for the next 30 minutes. Yes. Kevin, Smash Bros, Wii U, Genesis 4. Some shit went down. It got real. It got real. And then it got unreal, and then it got real again. Unreal Tournament? No. Okay. So, uh, this past weekend, Genesis 4, one of the biggest Smash tournaments of the year. Um, So there was, in the Smash for Wii U series... Uh, a game between Japanese player Rei Furukawa, who goes by the difficult-to-pronounce uh, nickname of Koma Rikiri. Okay. And uh, he was playing Captain Zach Loth. Uh, so Wait, what? Who? Captain Oh, Zach- I thought you meant that was the character he was playing. I was like... No, 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 no. no I, I don't play Smash 4, but I don't know who that is. Yeah, he was a contemporary <laughs> of Captain Falcon. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I was, I was actually oh, thinking that. Punch! Yeah, so they they were in the losers bracket. They had fought their way 
all the way up through a thousand competitors in this in the Smash for Wii U uh, uh, tournament. Okay, and there were they were playing, uh, I believe, the third set, and all of a sudden the the Japanese player uh, Koma Rikiri felt that something was wrong. So he asked for the match to be. He felt a tremor in the force. He felt a tremor in the force. Things were not things were not as they should be. As if a thousand voices suddenly cried out and were suddenly silenced. Suddenly cried out and were suddenly silenced. Everything was very sudden. Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out, once they looked into the settings, that the damage ratio, and that affects um, the knockback from hits and smash, which is very, very important, um, was just inexplicably changed from its standard 1.0 setting to a 0.9. Um, so... The crowd, once they heard of this, they were very sympathetic to uh, Komi Rikiri's plight, and they were saying, run it back, because this wasn't fair. Everything was done, like, in Smash and in fighting games in general and a lot of esports, like, things are so precise, right? Absolutely. Like, yep. the, the moves and combos people are able to, like, roll out of and escape and the tricks that you can do are so, like... The, if frame are, rates, Kevin. Yes. People study frame data yes. in these games. How many, you know, how many invincibility frames do you get? If that's off just a little bit, that can make a huge difference. How far in the match did they get before this was discovered? This was, I believe, the um, it was either the third or the fourth set. I believe. Wow. Uh, yeah, I believe um, um, Captain Zach was up two one at this time. Um, so the tournament organizers, they did a huddle, and they decided they were only going to repeat that last game of the set. So they returned things to the 2-1 in Zach's favor. Um, so oh, okay. Komi Rikiri still lost, uh, and he was real salty about it. He did not shake his opponent's hand once the game was over. Um, he was pretty much, he said uh, that uh, he's lost all of his passion for the game, and he doesn't what? feel fun or enjoyment when he plays, but fear instead whoa yeah so he was he was raging and and is this like all that i feel fear stuff is that a re- direct reaction to this uh fiasco yeah specifically this oh fiasco god. this is yeah oh my god um so tournament staff swore up and down that they checked the stats beforehand they double checked the stats and they suggested you know like koma rikiri said you know maybe in his nervousness he uh, did something they like sent out a tweet so they were kind of like suggesting that it wasn't their fault and it was his fault. Oh, my God. But another player, uh, Samuel Dabba's Busby, uh, claimed that his match against um, Gonzalo, Gonzalo Zero Barrios, who's one of the best players in the scene, Okay. he says that his match was also affected. And then the fans, all the Smash scientists out, out there, <laughs> yeah. went and they replicated the, the scenarios in the game and they proved that, yes, the settings were wrong for that match Yo, as well. Yo, that's amazing. Yes, like... And that's a great thing about esports. You can't do that in Deflate Gate, you know. You can't go back and like <laughs> run the simulation and see whether those balls were in fact deflated. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I I once again and I feel like a broken record a little bit, but I'm gonna once again put the tournament organizers under a little fire here and go, okay, if the stats got changed and it's clear that it happened in more than one match, you have to take some ownership at that point. And they did. So for they your said, oversight. They said so. Genesis said they take full responsibility for the mistake, but at some point things have to be set in stone, even if they play out incorrectly. Uh, so that was their take, and okay, they and okay. they said that you know even when things went wrong, when the players continued on to future matches, they 
like de facto accepted the result of the previous match. I see. So their argument is like, if you didn't notice right away and you moved on, you have lost your chance for appeal. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, so they did. They appealed the last game and they redid the last game. Um, and so Dabas felt was pretty burned afterwards too, and he said he felt like he was robbed, and he asked wow. for their expenses to be reimbursed. Yeah. Um, so to their credit, Sam, the tournament organizers. They did go, decide to make things right once this all came out. Um, so they are uh, going to compensate the players for Genesis 4, all their costs, as well as paying for their costs for all future majors that they want to attend for the rest of the year. Wow. Wait. Okay. Wow. I thought it was one future major. Is it all? Any and all future majors they want to attend for the rest of the year. That wow. is okay. awesome. That's, a, that's actually a really great step. It is. And uh, uh, Dabas was just like, you know what? Thanks so much, guys. You did a huge thing. Uh, Komi Rikiri has been just dead silent. Oh, he's shit. Just, he's, he must... I don't know whether he's still mad, but he seems like he's still mad. Oh, my God. Um, I... Uh, but going forward to, like, they can make up for that, and that's great. I think that's an awesome move. But there needs to be a uh, movement of, you know, have a tournament official there or somebody other than the two players to check those settings they before do. each match. They have, they have those. Yep. So... But then, so okay. here, here's. I guess this what was boggles their... my mind is if that already happens, how does that happen? But you know what? Like, it's a is is it? Am I crazy? Isn't this just a matter of math? You have X tournaments a year. You play X number of Smash games with X number of players. One game, one tournament, one round, whatever. Something is going to mess up. Like humans are going to mess up. Right? This is going to happen. To me, it's not so much about how could it happen. It's what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. So no, I agree with you. They they've said that going forward, in addition to having the staff check the stats, which they already do, they're going to have the players themselves, uh, or they're they're suggesting that they can have the players themselves do a settings check before the matches, like a sign off on it, saying, okay, if you go forward from now. It's yeah, you've the, agreed that it's the settings are good. They test out all their buttons before matches anyway, so this is one more step. I was going to say do it in the button check. Yeah. So the the thing is is that like I have sympathy for them because this is a thousand player tournament and they, this is just one section of Genesis 4. Yeah. Um like it's such a lo- uh, logistical nightmare already that if they were going to overturn this in, the entire, you know, five game matches over this like the length of time the tournament takes, everything gets thrown off. Like, at what point do they redo it? I'm sympathetic to the idea that they just sort of have to keep moving on. But man, does it suck. But it looks like they've done as much as they can. Um, they've they had to push forward in the moment, and then now that the tournament is over, they've done their very best to give reparations. I gotta say, doing moving on and and taking the stance where it's like if you move on, you've accepted the results. That is, really is the only way to do it because if you go back and you say, well, you can play that again and you reset brackets and you redo the matches and things like that, you're, you're going to please one player and you're only going to get five, ten others saying, but but my, my matches were already this and now I have to wait for the outcome of a new thing and it's, it's just going to get worse. Yeah. They, did, they did the best they could, I think. Yeah, so my heart goes out to Komo Rikiri. I'm not sure if he still finished in the money. He finished uh, seventh. And, uh, and oh, that's really good. And Captain Zach came in fourth, um, but I, I, I think that they, uh, that it's ended about as as well as it could have after the mistake was made. Yeah, I agree. What? Now, one other thing I, was, I wanted to talk about was I wanted to to mention that I checked in our our uh, the our favorite topic, the Smashbox, Woo! as well, um, which was used uh, for the very first time in kind of a, a competitive setting. 
um, our uh, Dustin White, who's better known as Gravy, he tied for 321st place out of 1,703. At Genesis. At Genesis. And this is uh, the Wii U Smash? This is, this is Melee. Melee Smash. Okay. okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, people who were concerned about the Smashbox maybe giving like an unfair advantage could still possibly be true, but hasn't materialized yet. Damn. Man, I need to find some footage. I watched a bit of Smash for Genesis, but just the, the Wii U stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to find some Smashbox footage now. It's got to be out there, right? I'm not sure whether they started taping the matches like that far back. Because, okay. like, tied for 321st, there was, like, a lot, a lot. Like, they can't record 1,703 matches. Oh, right? they could. They could. Nothing better than pool play. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, pool play is one thing, but getting smoked by the pros is entirely another and that is apparently what happened to you two. Yes. A couple uh, nights ago, right? The, All right, Sam, do you want to... Where do you begin? Do you want to tell a sordid tale? All right, so I, con- I had finally managed to convince Kevin to play some Heroes of the Storm with me. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, you're quite welcome. And um, <laughs> so we had decided to play with another friend of Kevin's who is in the Gold 5 rank. And we That's decided, good, right? Yes, he okay. is rather good. And um, we decided to play some Team League Ranked. And mm-hmm. we were waiting a long time in the queue. So I think this does have something to do with that because they do open the search parameters the longer you wait in the queue. Now, um, when we got matched, I immediately noticed that two big numbers were on things, the opposite team. Things were different. So things the way, were a little different. The way it works in, in Here's the Storm is that you have a you can have a border around your your uh, avatar icon or whatever that yeah, shows yeah. what your rank is. Yeah. So I was unranked yet, so I was still this like nice little purple. You know, there's people in bronze, gold. I was looking at the other team. I was seeing things I hadn't seen before. Yeah. There was stuff that was there was shiny. There was metallic stuff, and then there were two players with electricity coursing around the border. You know you're a, screwed. And a big number stamped right on them. Forty-five and forty-eight, to be exact, which I believe in. I could be wrong, so correct me, anyone out there. But that means they are number forty-five and forty-eight in North America. Incredible. So incredible. I I would be very surprised. Um, I had other people tell me that I would be very surprised that they weren't in the Challenger series for Heroes of the Storm, which is like the semi-pro. Um, yeah. Semi pros for Heroes of the Storm, and um, suffice to say, they deserve to be there because they absolutely stopped us. Yeah, and during the draft, those two players uh, snap picked um, Chogal. Chogal, thank you. So, Colin, I don't know if you're familiar. Chogal is the two-headed ogre. Now, I know the character Chogal. Yes. Yeah. That's played by two separate people at once. Cool. One controls the movement, and the other person is basically a turret. Oh, man, really? Yeah. So it takes a lot of coordination. So but, like, in a MOBA, I don't mean to get sidetracked here, but in a MOBA, two people playing one character, doesn't that leave, like, a lane empty or a role empty? Except that that character is insanely powerful. Ah. It has a lot of hit points. Okay. Um, yeah, so, these, so the two Grandmaster players... Merged together into one unstoppable this is some Dragon Ball dynamo. This yes, is some Gogeta shit. And it is. I don't know about Kevin, but I was playing Malfurion, which is one of my favorite ones to play. And the fact that I could even land a root 
on these guys made me happy. Like, I was very realistic about my goals. I knew that they were going to smash me, but if I could land one root on these guys, I would be super happy. Yeah, and we, we did get some kills that game. We did. Uh, not on Chogal. No. Oh, zero Chogal. Zero, zero Chogal. Zero Chogal I was kills. trying my best, but I was getting my balls rocked to yeah. the point where I'm like, okay, clearly they're not dealing with the same tools that we are. And I think the lesson here is don't play ranked with Kevin's friend. Yeah, or don't play ranked at like five in the morning when no one else is playing. But Yeah, because we also had a platinum player on the other side. Um, and the highest we had was Kevin's friend who was a gold five. Oh, man. Um, and so Kevin started playing like a month ago or something, right? A months ago. He's actually, yeah. I will give you this, Kevin, though. You are very good. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. Yes. Um, he's kind of been my Padawan for, for Heroes of the Storm for the last little while. Mm -hmm. and um, I, still, I still have something to learn. I still have to not go off on my own towards the end of the game. No, he, he he does like <laughs> to get ganked um, a little bit. But uh, tell me, Kevin, like, why don't you give people your thoughts as someone who's new to Heroes of the Storm? Um, you've been playing now for a while, and do you think all of my hype is warranted? Do you, you want my hots thoughts? Yeah, I want your hots thoughts. You, you want my hots take? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so again, like, this is my first MOBA, so I can't really give the comparison too much to... Uh, to Dota or to Smite or to League of Legends, but a lot of the decisions that they highlight when they talk about why HOTS is different make a lot of sense to me. And it might just be the bias of like, you know, this is my first one, so obviously it's the best and it's the greatest and everything's different and I hate it. But yeah. the focus on cooperation, the focus on team fights built in through things like um, no last hitting, no shared, like having shared experience, uh, that's great. Um, sometimes I feel like the objectives are just a little bit too pushed in yeah. in heroes. Like if you fail the objectives, you're just you're generally failing, um, unless you can do some sort of thing where you like push core super hard and mm -hmm. ignore the the objective. Like, so like in uh, what's a good example of an objective that isn't beating them? <laughs> like, okay, you know what I mean. So there's there's one map that's called Towers of Doom, for instance, All right. where um, push you can't actually push towards the enemy's core. Oh. Um, they have an impenetrable wall with death turrets lined around it, so you actually can't get in there. Okay. Um, so the only way you can win is by uh, capturing these towers when they pop up. They like come out of the ground. You have to like channel a thing with them for a few uh. seconds, and then you capture it, and that shoots bullets at at the other enemy t at the enemy core. So mm -hmm. weird. So if you're actually pushing forward and like capturing their base and stuff like that, um, all that does is make it so that you do more damage when you get those shots and they deal less damage. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like oh. you do the objective or you don't win the game. Okay. That's the most extreme example. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. I appreciate very much its attention to doing weird, different things. Um, like Chogal, as we were talking about, um, there are characters where it's like you control three characters at once and all of a sudden you're playing kind of like an RTS. And the way that they make it not so much of a gimmick but like actually kind of viable... Uh, not always in the highest levels of play, but, uh, you know, it, gold and, and platinum and, and places like so that. So still pretty high. Still pretty high. I mean, those Grandmaster players were doing pretty well with Chogal. Um, I, I really respect that, and it's a lot of fun. It's got great style, great presentation, and I think just Blizzard stumbled a little bit out of the gate with this one. Uh, and that really hurt it, kind of like um, Street Fighter when it was first released. It got a lot of, you know, there was no arcade mode, et cetera, et cetera. Street Fighter Five, yeah. Street Fighter Five, yeah. 
Um, so I think that's really unfortunate, and sometimes you can't come back from that. Yeah. And sometimes you can, like with Rainbow Six Siege. So I, <sighs> I hope that that's the sort of situation we're seeing, and stuff like the HGC mm-hmm. is going to uh, is going to make a strong revival and have the game last into the future. And I'm curious, like I, I called your attention to the HGC. And I love watching that play because it just makes me want to be better as a player and not be a scrub and want to want to play COTS as, as I'm watching it. What were your thoughts about seeing pros play this game? Now for the, uh, let's call them HOTS, TOTS, the uh, people who are <laughs> new to HOTS, what is HT, HGC? HGC is the Heroes Global Championship, so okay. it's players from around the world. This is not a LAN tournament, uh, at least until the finals. So people teams play uh, from their computers uh, from around the world. You start in your region, and then you got to win that region, and then you play against other regions. Um, it's, it's a very elongated tournament, but it's one of the bigger ones in Heroes of the Storm. Um, and so we watched the North American... Uh, ver- um, section of the tournament this past weekend. Yeah, and I think it's hilarious. Like, it's such a 2017 thing that you've got the these people who are like, you know, they look like newscasters or like or sportscasters. <laughs> yeah. They're like sitting at the desk. They have the screens behind them. They're discussing the plays. And when they go to do an interview with someone, it like pops up a window and it's just someone in their bedroom, right? Like, because the game, because as you're saying, it's not a land tournament. Yeah, so that's funny, eh? Yeah. So and that's great that we had the technology to do that. Guys like that, in a, in a hoodie and pajama pants or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly what he was. Yeah. Oh my totally. god. And he's just saying like, yeah, I you know we really shouldn't have pushed there at that moment or something. Excuse like me, that. my hot pockets ready. Just yeah, my hold on one <laughs> second, please. No, I think that was great. Um, and I think there's there's been this has been a great showcase for it because there's been such great moments. Uh, I was watching like uh, I, so I've watched a bunch of the games in the series, and I watched a um, like top ten moments from the first couple weeks, mm-hmm. top ten plays, and there were some great ones in there. I don't know whether you saw, but there was there was the five man mosh pit, which was yeah. tremendous. Yep, I did see that one. Colin, for your benefit, there's yes, a, thank there's, you. There's a character called Elite Torn Chieftain who's a, a guitar wielding. Torin, aka ETC. Yeah, and oh, I've yeah, yeah, I've heard about this. He has a move where he can make everybody dance with him for four seconds in oh, a er- small area around him, and it stuns them. Yeah. Uh, so they landed that on the. This was um, uh, B Step playing Gale Force. They landed all five of the opposing players in the one mosh pit, totally wiped them, and then ran to the core. That was amazing. Um, and I was telling you about Tower of Doom, where yeah. there's the big. Uh, impenetrable wall with cannons on top that you can't get through. Yeah. Um, so this was in uh, Team Expert versus Diamond Skin. The the same character, Elite Torn Chieftain, went for a power slide into a mosh pit behind the the gun line, basically. So where the death towers are raining down, where you can't stand for more than two seconds. Oh. He slid right in there to stun a bunch of players, and the rest of his team kept him alive through like mass healing and oh like God. giving him a couple seconds of invulnerability uh, and they were able to score a kill behind that line. It was just amazing play and I had a tremendous time watching uh, HGC and I think they're doing a great job. That sounds sick. And another one bites the dust. I have a hero's convert. Uh, Colin! You're going to have the entire cast hero's convert after today. Yeah, we can just turn it into Hot's Thoughts. Hot's Thoughts. Well, before it becomes Hot's Thoughts, I have some thoughts of my own guys that I wanted to share before I sign off for the um, possibly final time. Um, And I just wanted to let the people listening to this know a little bit about Scrub League. I'm not going to bore you, I promise. Um, Basically, 
Um, I'm just really proud of all the work we've done with this podcast. We've recorded 40 episodes, if you count the unaired pilot that was done on my laptop with my blue Yeti. All of us crowded around my blue Yeti mic. Yeah, this first started when you were saying, uh, maybe I want to make a YouTube channel, and you were looking at doing like a Clash of Clans kind of thing. Oh, man. Yeah, it was, it was just a... I, and then I got the mic, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this mic? And you got like a big bucket, and like you put uh, like soundproof foam in it. Oh my I God, made yeah. a mini soundproof booth, Your and it DIY. actually... It actually worked. It actually worked. I should have brought that in to show uh, Ryan, our sound guy, so he could laugh at it. But no, it, it was cool. I had corrugated foam and everything. So as I said at the beginning of the cast, Kevin, Samantha, and I, we work for a media company here in Toronto, Canada. And months, like, I don't know, like early 2016, I went to Kevin and I said, I want to do esports. I want to get our media organization interested in esports. It's a, it's a huge deal. You know, let's get on the wave. And uh, I have all these ideas. Would you want to help me a little bit? Because I had a lot of ideas, a lot of ambition, but I'm only one person. And Kevin had some knowledge that I didn't have. And he also thinks about things differently than I do. And we often draw different conclusions from the same thing. Yeah. Colin's a very much a big picture person. I'm very detail oriented. And together, you know, I think we've made a good, very good pair. You need both of them, right? And I knew, I knew that. I knew I needed, and it's always good to have another brain and another perspective. So we went to all the bosses and we're like, yo, esports. And uh, we ended up getting proposed to us that we do an esports podcast. We didn't even come up with this idea. We have to give it to a um, guy called Matt LaForge for coming up with this. And we brought Sam on, we approached her because she had a lot of passion and knowledge for the MOBA genre. Well, here's the thing, as I was saying to Colin, I was like, what about Sam as a third? Because she's actually, <laughs> she has like expertise. She plays the games, she lives and breathes them. Like We didn't know shit about, uh, you know, Dota 2 when we started or Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, you like know? you and I, like, you know, we, we find esports very interesting and we have a lot of passion for the culture and stuff around it. Sam is the one who's steeped in it, who who loves playing the game. She grinds it out every night, all the time. Now, uh, in fairness, I do play my fair share of fighting games and we're both StarCraft guys. Sure. But there was you're, a, on the, you're on the Smite train as well. I'm a, well, that's now. I wasn't then, yeah. But there was a big chunk. So we got, we got all together. You know, to we. Oh, sorry, Sam. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say. I th I think your assessment of your personalities is perfect, and I think the thing that I could bring to it was a balance between those things. Yeah, I think Ke Kevin's, you know, crunching the numbers, the details. Colin's got all of this passion, all of this ambition, and a lot of personality, and I feel like I can just bring it back. And kind of be a balance between the two. No, I think you were you've been you, a very effective referee <laughs> over these past forty. It's basically a triforce. Yeah. Um, so we what we did. Colin, is, Colin, your are you courage or are you power? I don't know. I'm, so Sam's definitely wisdom. I'm. I'll, I'll be. I'll be power. All right. Okay. So we needed to prove ourselves first, though, right? You don't go to uh, you know uh, one of the country's largest media organizations and they just give you money for free. So I brought in my shitty five-year-old Toshiba laptop, my Blue Yeti mic. We went into a meeting room, which has terrible acoustics. We recorded a one-hour show that was just all three of us ranting and reading off paper alternately. It was terrible, I'm sure. I would never want to listen to it again. But the point is, we, sh okay. we showed them. We showed them that we had something. So they brought in Ryan, who's sitting right in front of me, who is our sound engineer from Out Loud Post Productions. 
Um, he makes it sound beautiful and smooth and all yeah, this stuff. You don't know it, but he's been with you this whole time on this whole journey. <laughs> yeah, he's been the fourth man in in the in the in the recording studio. And like I said, that makes forty episodes. And if they're all you know forty five minutes long, what is that like thirty hours or something? Um, just very very roughly there. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. When we started, we had no listens. No one gave a shit. If, as you guys know, you put something on the internet, you leave it leave it to rot, and that's just what it'll do. But we worked really hard. We tried to connect with these communities. We tried to improve our our casting, and I think we did that. And we this, listened to your face, your your feedback, positive and negative. Oh my god, did we? When we, when you guys dump on us on Reddit, uh, and that's not always the case, but it does happen. I actually read every single one of those. I try to respond to them all. I totally get it. And uh, thank you to everyone who actually had positive comments and and constructive criticism. And we did it all up, and here we are 40 episodes later. Instead of no views, we're getting thousands on each one. I've never tooted our own horns on this podcast, and I'm going to do it because I get to leave now. But <laughs> we, we've we come so far. We are one of a few podcasts on this the Metro News' roster. We get more listens than a podcast about an NHL team, a a Canadian-based NHL team that is supported by that NHL team, that is tweeted out on that official account, that gets play from them, that gets guests from them. Now, can you conceive of the fact that we are in Canada and we're getting more listens than a hockey podcast? I'm pretty proud of that. Um, So the last thing I want to say before we sign off is I just want to say thank you so much, Kevin, Samantha, Ryan for putting up with me for working so hard because this is a 24-7 job we don't walk into this booth record and walk away and I think all of your labor has borne fruit we should all be really proud of it and uh, if this is the last time that I get to interact with Scrub League um, I just want to say thank you well Colin I, I think that I can sort of summarize a lot quicker and faster than the, the beautiful my rant yeah, beautiful, <laughs> the beautiful rant that you gave us Colin to me you are Scrub League and I think that all of our success is Damn. your success mm-hmm. and Sam I don't know what we're going to do without him because nope. we got to piece the thing back together it's going to be different yeah um, and it's not going to be the same but I think that's okay all great things have to change and evolve uh, you know as Dehaka once said <laughs> uh, so I'm going to miss you Colin I'm going to miss you too. I think you are the driving force behind this podcast as it is right now. Um, And we do need to change it, unfortunately, sadly, uh, in order to kind of deal with your absence. So, um, Street Fighter. For all you guys out on social media, you know, tweet Colin, let him know what you think of his time on the cast, and let us know where you think maybe our future lies. And Kevin and I can kind of recuperate from that and kind of take some time to uh, figure out what we're going to do in the future and how we're going to deal with the fact that Colin isn't here, and maybe we can convince him to come on as a guest once in a while. Yes, Colin, if you can just, on occasion, raise your hands to the sky and send us your energy, we could really use it. Spirit bomb, guys. Spirit bomb. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Whatever form it takes, I will be listening. I will be a fan. I will be a retweeter and a supporter. So for the final time... For Kevin Hamilton and Samantha Eamon, I am Colin McNeil saying GG.
This has been a Metro Podcast.